Mancini Legal presents The Late Night Lawyer, transmitted across the airwaves on your social media channels and podcasts. We are The Late Night Lawyer. Hello and welcome to the Late Night Lawyer podcast for the weekend of the 4th of April. Tonight, our main topic and focus is finance, all matters finance, with our guest speaker, Mr. Lloyd McGee. I'm Alex Mancini of Mancini Legal. We are a family-friendly law firm covering Surrey and Sussex. You can get hold of us on 01403 337 and we cover all your legal needs, especially at times like this. Today I have the pleasure of introducing to you all a dear friend of mine and someone that I've worked with for many years. I'm proud to have him on the show. Uh, he is a financial advisor who works for one of the largest financial institutions in the UK, St. James's Place. And uh, he's going to be on the show now, going through some of the questions that you've raised on social media, some of the questions that you've emailed in direct to me. So ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Lloyd McGee. This is the Late Night Lawyer Weekend Edition. Okay, Lloyd, so um, welcome to the show. Uh, Tell us a bit about yourself and how you got involved as a financial planner. And uh, tell us how long you've been with... with, uh, as a financial planner, how long you've been working in that field? So, uh, thank, firstly, thank, thanks for having me on the uh, on, on your podcast. Um, so, before becoming a financial advisor, um, I spent a, a bit of time in the military uh, and then in the fitness industry, and I basically decided that, that I wanted to be a financial advisor. And one of the main reasons for that was uh, purely for the fact that I just enjoyed enjoyed helping and, and meeting new people, um, which I discovered from my previous roles. So I decided to enroll on a financial advisor academy um, to get all my qualifications and train. Um, And I've been a financial advisor for the last seven years. Wow, fantastic. How how long did it take you roughly to do all your training? Because there's obviously a a lot of um, aspiring planners out there that that are sort of looking probably to follow in your footsteps. How long do you think the whole, well, how long did the whole, whole course take? So there's about a seven, uh, six or seven month uh, initial period where it's sort of classroom based. Um, for me, it was up in London, um, doing your qualifications, going through sort of role playing meetings, making sure that you can advise people in a, in a compliant way with the current regulatory set. Um, and then there's a 12 month period after that where you're effectively out in the field having observations um, and so that people can can make sure that you you can advise people in in the correct manner. So all in all, probably about eighteen months. Excellent. Good support along the way. Yeah, yeah, lots of support. Good. Um, so the, the the network that that I work with uh, have been invaluable in terms of providing support over the years. So fantastic. Good. Excellent. Right. So obviously, COVID nineteen is a massive topic at the moment, um, affecting everybody and uh, and literally anyone in any industry at the moment is affected. Um, I mean, how do you see the markets reacting long-term over what's just happened with COVID-19 and, uh, and I guess the global scale of, uh, of reaction at the moment? Well, it's, it's obviously different. It's obviously difficult to, to tell. Um, I don't think anyone's got a crystal ball, but if anything is, uh, if history is anything to go by, 
Um, then obviously we've seen market downturns uh, over the last, say, three decades. I mean, you've got, um, if you go back, go back into 1987, you've got Black Monday. Um, you've had plenty of crises, crises along the way, recessions, Eurozone, 2008-2009, even the US elections um, caused some sort of turmoil um, within markets when they were happening with, with Trump running for president. So if, if that's anything to go by, uh, then, then the trends are that following downturns, there is a recovery period uh, and ultimately followed by a boom. So clearly no one knows what the economic impact of, of this virus is going to be. Um, and I suspect things will become a bit clearer once we actually know the, the full impact in terms of how this is impacting large, medium and small sized businesses. Excellent. Thanks, Lloyd. One, one question that did come in uh, through social media, which I think is quite, quite an interesting question. Someone asked how your clients at the moment are reacting to the situation, um, namely coronavirus mm-hmm. and, uh, and the current climate. And they, they've, just, they've just added on to that. Um, what are you actually seeing at the moment happening with your current clients? How, I mean, how are they dealing with the situation? So naturally, I, I think most most clients are obviously concerned. Uh, I don't think I've spoken to anyone yet in general that isn't concerned about um, how COVID-19 is, is having an impact generally, not, not just with regards to people's pension funds or investments, just, but just in general life. I mean, it, it all feels quite surreal at the moment in terms of where we are, in terms of we're only allowed out uh, for, for one walk a day or one bit of exercise outside or we're only allowed to, to go to the supermarket um, and do essential travel. So it, it's obviously a position that um, I think most people won't have been in before. I mean, some quite elderly people would have experienced, well, something similar, probably far worse uh, in, in, in the world war. But um, nevertheless, I think this is a very alien experience for, for most people. Um, but I've had, I've had quite a few clients uh, that have realized that, <clears throat> again, they've looked at what's happened in the past in terms of what's happened with market movements, particularly in the recession. Uh, and actually, I've had quite a few clients that, that have come forward and basically said, well, actually, I think now would be a, a good time for me to, to invest more. I mean, again, not that history is a guide to what's going to happen in the future, but in terms of from a, from a numbers point of view, the, the FTSE All Share, for example, had a 46% decline um, to its eventual bottom in the 08-09 recession. And the, the, the 12 months following on from that uh, had seen a, a growth of 65%. And then the annualised average over a five-year period from that point, um, there was an average return of 19% a year. So a, a lot of people um, have contacted me because I think they see a potential opportunity. Sorry, Lloyd, I was just going to say, I think a very similar what you're describing today, I think it's very similar to also the uh, the low hitting after nine eleven. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of movement, you know, at that point, and then suddenly things start to pick up. Yep, and as I would say to to, to most of my clients, in terms of time horizon, is just so important with investing. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, I had someone contact me uh, a few months ago. And basically said, I've, I've got some money that's just set in my bank account. It's set aside for, for tax purposes. Um, should, should I invest some of it? Um, because I might be able to make it into a, into a larger amount 
and have something left over after I've paid my tax bill. And I said to them, absolutely no way, because you you don't have you don't have the time horizon um, to ride out any volatility. Um, and lo and behold, obviously not that I had a crystal ball, but this this whole COVID nineteen situation has certainly uh, rocked investment markets. So obviously that would have been a bad decision for them had they looked to do something over the short term. So time scales are definitely important when when looking at investing. Very interesting times. Very interesting. So. Just following on from that, we've spoken about crystal balls. So if I had to give you a crystal ball and uh, we sort of see the situation of COVID-19 improving in June, when, when, do you, when would you sort of as a financial analyst, I guess, uh, see the markets starting to bounce back? When would you see that curve starting to pick up? I think ultimately, depending on, depending on the type of curve is, is going to depend on on how this is resolved. I mean, in terms of, um, I, I would imagine that things will start to become a bit more perkier or, or rosier if, if next week um, someone announced that there was a vaccine and, and it worked. Um, but it, it just depends whether we're, we're going to continue with, with these lockdowns um, followed by, say, periods where people can go out and we're trying to build up this herd, herd immunity, then um that's probably going to going to take a bit longer so i think ultimately it depends on on what the government do or what the governments do across the world um as to how we we come out the other side of this which will ultimately um lead to which will ultimately have a big impact in terms of recovery timescales etc yeah thanks thanks lloyd excellent so um this is actually a question that just came in yesterday um from a listener, they just—they've just said, "Can you give us a bit of an overview on the the types of financial services that you actually deal in? What 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 areas do you mainly focus on in your practice?" Um, so the main areas are predominantly things like savings, investment planning, retirement uh, and pension planning, and protection planning. So things such as life insurance, critical illness cover, income protection. Uh, whether that be for individuals, businesses, business owners, etc. Um, I'm also speaking to a lot of people at the moment on their sort of on the insurance side of things um, because quite naturally people are concerned um, about the impact and the financial implications, especially for those people that have, have been furloughed from from their job roles at the moment. So I'm sitting down virtually, obviously, with, with a lot of people to review what they have and see whether we can get them the sort of same cover for a reduced, uh, reduced premium or, or just seeing what changes that we can make so that people have got the flexibility to, to, to survive and continue. I think that's one of the main key issues at the moment is survival, isn't it? For a lot of people, there's a huge concern at the moment as to how, how they're going to survive because of just the degree of uncertainty. So it's, it's very difficult to know. Yep. Excellent. So, so basically, if you've got a key client in front of you now, what, what would be your key advice at the moment with regards to planning? I mean, how, how would you reassure them, uh, uh, you know, given, given the current climate of what's going on? What, how would you see that? The, the, the key bits of advice that I'd be giving people um, uh, at the moment, particularly with investing, is I've already mentioned one of them, so timescales. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing would be diversification. So all of the, all of my clients, for example, uh, that I have are at least investing for the medium term. 
which we would probably uh, differentiate as being five years and beyond. Yep. Uh, and basically, one of the things that I'm, I'm, fir- I'm a firm believer in is it's not about the waves, it's about the tide. So as long as the tide is going in the right direction over the medium to long term, then the investment strategy is right because you are going to have ups and downs along the way. Um, and and I, at the moment, I'm going back to remind my clients of just how diverse their investments are. Uh, again, don't have all your eggs in one basket. So typically, we would spread people's money across a number of different funds that would typically invest in hundreds of different assets that are spread across different locations across the world, different types of asset classes, different types of sectors. Um, and then from that point of view, you diversify from a risk point of view even even more. Excellent. Thanks, Lloyd. Um, an interesting point at the moment is obviously you and I are discussing this virtually, where normally I would have you in front of me doing the interview. Um, so there's a massive shift at the moment, given what's going on, um, and a massive... L- tilt towards remote working. I mean, how, how are you finding the situation? How are you finding working in a remote environment at the moment with your clients? Is it working for you? So yeah, it's, um, it is working. Um, particularly given that it's tax year end at the moment, I've had more meetings than I probably usually would, uh, or virtually. Uh, and to be honest, it's actually made me realize how much time I tend to spend traveling as in out in the car or whether it's getting a train, etc. Um, and it'll be it, one of the interesting takeaways from this will be how everyone's working life changes um, post this, because I'm sure there's going to be some good good takeaways and some positives that come out of this that will hopefully help people reduce on travel, etc. Um, but as I'm sure with everyone, there's there's been a few hurdles to overcome, um, but generally it seems to be smooth sailing. And we're using all the virtual methods that I'm sure most people are, whether that be Microsoft Teams, Zoom, WebEx, et cetera. Excellent. I, th- I totally agree with you. I think um, when this is all said and done, I think there's going to be a massive tilt towards big companies as well. They've got a huge amount of real estate re-looking at the way they work. And uh, obviously, considering remote working, I think it's going to be a growing, a growing area going forward. Mm-hmm. This is the Late Night Lawyer Show with your host, Alex Mancini. So, ladies and gentlemen, I've got the pleasure to announce we are now trending on iTunes and Spotify. So, our show now has its own dedicated podcast, and you can download all of the episodes from the podcast via iTunes. Last week's show, we had the lovely Nadine Madal speak about family law matters. That is now already available to download on Spotify and iTunes. This is the Late Night Lawyer Weekend Edition. I know you gave a bit of advice earlier on the positives. Just Let's just have a little look at the negatives now. I mean, is there any, any sort of advice you would give clients at the moment on things they shouldn't be doing? So on a negative side, given the, the volatility, given the uncertainty, um, anything you would consider at the moment as, as a, you know, as I guess a negative view? Um, well, besides don't go outside and, and stay at home, uh, which I think we should all, all be doing. Um, I would say don't, don't have too much exposure, exposure to any single asset class sector or, or, or location. Um, unless you're obviously either a professional or experienced investor. Um, again, diversification is the key. 
Um, and I think particularly with, with what's going on at the moment, uh, I don't think it's, it's clear to see what the far-reaching impacts of, of, of COVID-19 is. I mean, particularly if you, um, if you look at other, uh, other things that have happened in the past, they seem to be very specific to either a sector, asset class, et cetera, whereas I think this is much more broader and across the board. Excellent. Thanks, Lloyd. Um, just touching on timescales, because I know you mentioned this earlier in the show, um, timescales and obviously peaks and, and troughs in the market. Um, I mean, where do you see the future going overall? Let's look at, let's look at the course of the next 24-month cycle. What would you expect that 24 months to look like going forward? I mean, do you, do you sort of envisage a mass recession or do you, do you think we could probably bounce back quite, quite smoothly if, if things are picked up quite quick now, leading up to June, I guess? Um, I think ultimately that depends on, on A, the timescale in terms of whether this is something that I wouldn't say resolved, but whether there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel sooner rather than later. And also I think it's going to depend on uh, how these government packages that, that they've released actually fare up and, and, and whether people can access them easily or, or whether actually there are people that can't access them because of uh, X, Y, Z reasons, which will then have a role on impact to, I guess, ultimately smaller and medium-sized businesses. Um, so that will be that would be the, the, the key things to, to keep an eye on in terms of what will happen. Um, I mean, if, if the news uh, is anything to go by, so I've, I've been, been watching quite a lot on Bloomberg. Um, there's a lot of people on there that suggest that, that we're already in a recession, um, which if that's the case, then I would suspect that over the next 24 months, we'll probably be in a recession um, and then hopefully with some sort of recovery. But again, I think that will all depend on what the actual impact is uh, from COVID-19. Thanks, Lloyd. Thank you. Um, China, very interesting at the moment, its market. I mean, we've seen mass disaster and now they've sort of come out recovered as a positive. We're seeing no new cases of COVID-19 in the Chinese market. So it seems that China have taken a real positive from this because ultimately they're now at the forefront and they're producing, they're back on, on you know, in full force in effect. What's your, what's your view there? I mean, obviously, you know, the Chinese market now seems to be booming. Yeah, I think, um, I think that's definitely a positive. Uh, I mean, I know that from, from some aspects as well, it's definitely business as usual. My, um, one of one of my clients works in in the fashion industry, uh, and all uh, a few of their suppliers in China had obviously been in isolation. But I know certainly for the last three or four weeks that that they've been back in back in business um, and getting the production lines back up and running. Um, and I think it will fill people in the UK with optimism. But one of the key things to obviously take away is is they have a very different government and a way of life um, to say maybe most people in 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 the West. Um, and again, I think the recovery here will ultimately depend on the on the damage done. Uh, again, it's very different. Their government can say to everyone, right, that's it. Everyone stay indoors, and and everyone stays indoors. Whereas here, 
obviously we saw that, that Boris Johnson uh, with with where we are now it was very gradual it wasn't a case of right go home stay indoors and only come out for x y and z it was very gradual that mm-hmm. okay well now we're going to close pubs and bars and now we're going to do this and etc um so again but i think it's it, it's it's up to it's positive um i think it will fill people with optimism and that there are a couple of positives at the moment um obviously it's incredibly sad that that this virus is is taking quite a few quite a few lives um, mm. and obviously having such a d- diverse impact on people um but i mean even if you look at the death rate in italy um certainly on the on the bbc news yesterday that certainly looks like it's it's staying within a level um so they're hoping that it's going to plateau and ulti- ultimately decrease which given that they are say a few weeks ahead uh, of of most countries that would be positive i would say because if that's the general trend and it happens with with the uk and other countries um, then that can only be a positive. Absolutely. Totally agree. Um, just leading on, Lloyd, to, I know you've, you touched on this quite, quite mildly regarding the government interventions at the moment with businesses. Any thoughts on the actual schemes? I mean, some of the schemes seem to be tilted quite, quite closely to hospitality. I mean, like myself and probably yourself, we have businesses, um, we do not benefit from the uh, the rates relief that everyone else is uh, is benefiting from, which obviously is a massive disadvantage. Um, but uh, yeah, any comments regarding how these how these I guess interventions are in place to help the small and the medium sizing businesses that are, that are at work at the moment? Well, firstly, I think what what the government have done. In general, it's it's fantastic. I mean, you, you can't fault them for for what they have done in the very short period of time. Um, and, and I mean, doing something is better than doing nothing. Obviously, they've had a very short time to effectively come up with a rule set and a system on all of this. And again, the Chancellor himself said, "Look, we know it's not going to benefit everyone, um, but we're hoping that it's going to benefit a lot of people." Um, and I think those are the the sort of the key takeaways from that at the moment. Um, what I'm hoping is that they're going to continue to continue to monitor it and, and review it, so that that more and more people can get help where as and as and where they need it. I mean, one one of the areas where it seems to be a bit of bit of a bone of contention for for people in that position are are limited company owners, directors, um, particularly those that draw. Um, up to the upper earnings limit as a salary each year for national insurance purposes and then draw the rest of their income in, in terms of dividends. That's that's a bit of a bone of contention as I know that the support there, besides the um, 0% loans, um, there there isn't any additional support there for, for limited company owners from that, that, that respect. Um, so... Yeah, it would certainly be interesting to see how they adapt or, or if they adapt to this over the coming weeks and months. I would think it's probably, and you probably agree, an ever-changing goalpost really for the government. So they're going to be looking at it on a weekly basis and then obviously probably coming out with a new procedure, a new policy as we go through this um, this process. Oh yeah, 100%. I mean, I think they've already shown that they, they can be uh, adaptive so far because they've, they've implemented something. So I think it's just a case of um, them continuing to monitor it. 
I mean, yeah. ultimately, the more that they can help people now, um, the, the I think the less the, the impact will be economically to people after. I can see what they're trying to do at the moment. They're almost trying to sort of put a pause on everything and basically say, well, look, we'll try and prop everything up as much as possible. Um, yeah. But they definitely need to to keep an eye on it and make sure that, that that's what, what they are doing. Um, because it doesn't take much in terms of for if one thing if one thing goes down for other things to then start start falling by the wayside as well. So it'll be interesting to see what, what they do. No, brilliant. And ultimately, you know, we have to think they have a budget to stand by as well. So uh yes. I mean what one thing that one thing that I will certainly be interesting to see is what happens in the next budget. I yeah. mean the, the Chancellor hinted, uh particularly with the self employed package that basically if we're all going to benefit the same, then, then effectively we should all pay in the same. I, I personally took that as, as a, bit of an, a bit of a hint towards things like national insurance. So whether there'll be changes on that front, um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see. But quite clearly, if the government are going to be uh, uh, helping out uh, and, and basically putting a lot of money back into, into the system, then, then clearly they're going to want that back at some point. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Excellent. I think you'd probably agree, uh, a very, very interesting time for anyone in the financial world at the moment. So uh, I think you've got, uh, you've got a very interesting time ahead. Uh, I just want to thank you, Lloyd, for being on the show. Is there, is there anything you want to put across to our, to our listeners this evening? Uh, well, thank you for having me on the show. Um, and obviously, if, if anyone is concerned about any of the impacts, whether it's savings, investments, or they want to review sort of what their outgoings are, et cetera, with a view to um, trying to maximise what they've got going into their accounts at the moment, then I'd be more than happy to have a chat with anyone. Um, Excellent. And give, give your details, Lloyd, if you can, to, to everybody, to you know, just, uh, just as a method of getting hold of you. So um, best contact details probably probably be my email address, which is uh, lloyd.mcgee at sjpp. .co.uk um, and you can also view my website which is www.invictuswealth.co.uk Excellent Invictus Wealth everyone an absolutely fascinating half hour uh, I thank you very much Lloyd for being on the show and uh, no doubt we will team up again in the up and coming future Yeah no pleasure I look forward to it Thank you Thanks Lloyd Thanks Alex This is the Late Night Lawyer I'm going to leave you tonight with a quote. The mind is like water. When it's turbulent, it's difficult to see. When it's calm, everything becomes clear. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. And I look forward to being back on Wednesday for the midweek edition. This is the Late Night Lawyer Show with your host, Alex Mancini. Thank you very much, Lloyd McGee, uh, for being on the show today. It's been an excellent show. A lot of uh, questions have been answered today. Uh, I thank you all for listening, and we look forward to joining you again on the Midweek Late Night Lawyer Show on Wednesday. I'm Alex Mancini of Mancini Legal. We are a family-friendly law firm covering Surrey and Sussex. You can get hold of us on 01403 337 337. And we cover all your legal needs, especially at times like this.